Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Before we go any further, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stay up to date with all that's happening in the Tan and J-Man Show Nation, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tan and J-Man Show. Hope you guys enjoy this episode, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. We are back at it. Can't believe it's already Monday. Seems like we were just sitting here yesterday, but here we are. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitow that focuses on freshness and quality. The Damn Smoke is here every single weekend, and it features barbecue and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitow in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether it be boat or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Tanner, I assume, watched a ton of Big Ten football over the weekend. You assume correct. It's a pretty easy assumption. Um, It feels like college football has begun for me. I know that sounds weird because college football has been going on for a month or so, but just the Big Ten being back made it feel like it's back. It also helps that it's 50 degrees and cloudy out. That helps it feel like Big Ten football season. Heck, we're going to see some Big Ten football in some very chilly conditions. Love it. Uh, this year, unlike any other, but uh, I'm glad it. it's back. I thought it was a good week of Big Ten football, and we'll get into that. Of course, we got some World Series action to catch everybody up on and, and a lot of NFL action going on. So, uh, jam-packed episode. We're happy to be back with you this week. Happy to be on time. Apologize again last week for the technical difficulties, but sometimes that happens. But uh, we got a promo code for everybody. If you want to order some Tan and J-Man show merchandise, go. we got the link on our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. Click the link, click Tan and J-Man Show store, and when you go to checkout, use the promo code SPOOKY, that's all caps, S-P-O-O-K-Y, and you get 20% off most orders. It's Halloween on Saturday. (laughs) I saw the gears turning on your head. I'm like, he's going to say, get something, but uh, it is Halloween, so I thought uh, the promo code ends at midnight on Sunday. So you got till Sunday if you want to get yourself a sweatshirt, a hoodie, zip up, t-shirt, short sleeve, long sleeve, tank top, uh, shirt for your child, sticker, what mug, whatever. So um, get some swag, support our show, and uh, order some, order some stuff. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Ready for the birdie bogey? Let's hear it. You say it's going to be an easy one. Well, I think you got a good chance, you which know, means I have no chance at all. Yesterday this year. was National Tight End Day. Right. I want to know what tight end has the most touchdown receptions. In the history of the NFL. Okay. I have two guesses that come to mind, um, but you'll have to hear them here in about uh, 52 minutes or so. Can't wait. (laughs) Mark Scott once said. Birdie Bogies brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC. Fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get it! Your veggies. Wow, that sounded painful. 
I think I have a hernia. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to learn some stuff on this day in the history of the sporting world? Yes, sir. On this day in 1950, Branch Rickey, best known as the sports executive that uh, broke the color barrier um, with signing uh, Jackie Robinson. He didn't personally break the color barrier, but he signed Jackie Robinson to the Brooklyn Dodgers. He resigned on this day in 1950. Played by uh, Harrison Ford, wasn't he? Or was that a different character in uh, 42? Harrison Ford played somebody. I think it was Harrison Ford Branch Rickey. I don't remember. I think he was too. Yeah. Yeah. In 1951, future world heavyweight boxing champion Rocky Marciano defeats former champ Joe Lewis by TKO in the eighth round of Madison. pretty good for the Joe. Square guard. You haven't heard of Rocky Marciano either? No. Rocky Marciano. He's one of the greatest boxers ever. I know uh, the movie Rocky. Rocky Balboa. You've never heard of Rocky Marciano? I think he died real young. I'm not very good on my boxing history. I'm not either. I've heard of Rocky. I have not. He died at the age of... Uh, See, you taught me something four. today, J-Man. You that's that's what this segment's for. Exactly. I shouldn't be... Exactly. No, I apologize. Yep. 1960, the American League approves Washington Senators' move to become the Minnesota Twins and announces franchises in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. for 1961. They moved quite a, quite a few times. Who? Senators, right? That's what you said? Yeah. Well, maybe that name just kind of changed hands a couple times because... The Rangers, Senators, then the Rangers, and then, yeah, whatever. I'm thinking of the Nationals also in the Expos. Never mind. Just just keep going. I think the Washington Senators, the original Washington Senators, moved to Minnesota, but some other team replaced them in D.C. and became the Senators as well, and then they moved to Texas Rangers, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right to That me. sounds about right. We're probably wrong. Um, I know one guy that would probably tell us if we're right or wrong. Huh? Yeah, I know. He's probably be buzzing my right. phone here, so that's what I said. 1968, future world heavyweight boxing champion and um, grill master. George Foreman. George Foreman wins the Olympic heavyweight gold medal in the final against Jonas uh, Chapulos. Wow. Soviet Union is stopped in round two at the Mexico City Do you City have game. a George Foreman grill? I did. You did have one one time? No free ads. Uh, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I, I did not enjoy it. There's my uh, cooks the flavor out, cooks the fat out. Yeah, George, come on, come on, George. You know, uh, I'm not trying uh, to it's, lose it's weight. Backstory on the George Foreman girl, the company who came up with that uh, first approached Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan went with the uh, thermos. Hulk Hogan thermos instead of the grill. He thought the thermos would sell better. He was wrong. He was wrong. <laughs> Could have been the Hulk Hogan grill instead. I'd of rather George cook Foreman. a burger in a thermos than a George Foreman grill. <laughs> A lot of Olympics from uh, 1968. A lot of Japanese men. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, not a whole lot of great ones here. 1980, the St. Louis Cardinals sack Baltimore Colts quarterbacks in an NFL record tying 12 times. I don't know if that's been touched since uh, both franchises are no longer in the cities where uh, they were then. 1981, the Los Angeles Dodgers beat the New York Yankees four games to two in the 78th World Series. 1982, Steve Carlton became first pitcher to win four Cy Young Awards. 1985, on a poor call in the sixth game, umpire Don Deckinger starts a string of events that cost the St. Louis Cardinals the World Series. You hate to see it. Have have you ever seen that poor call? At first base, 
Um, I'm sure you I have. I have. I just don't um, have. Yeah, the guy no. was out by a wide margin. They called him safe because they thought he didn't have his foot on the bag, even though he did. 1988. Oh, Donald. Donald Trump bills Mike Tyson $2 million for four months of advisory service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, pretty laughable. Just headlining within mm-hmm. itself there. Two I think, characters. I think Tyson should have been Trump's running mate back in uh, 2016. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Even more so than it already is. <laughs> 1993, the National Football League announces new expansion team, Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, 93? 93. Yeah. Yep. 1996, World Series, New York beats Atlanta Braves 3-2 to in Game 6 at Yankee Stadium to win club's 23rd title. Can you name who was the MVP? 96 MVP. Hmm. Core four were all young, so it was an older guy. Not who you're thinking. Like, I don't think there's any shot you'll get this. David Cohn? Closer, John Wetland. Yeah, no, I could have guessed 50 guys. Yankees won 114 games that year, but got down two games and nothing to the Braves and won four yeah, the Braves won that one game, like we said last week, on this day, 11-1. to one. Hmm. I think they... They they scored a lot of runs that year in the playoffs. The Braves did throughout the NL. And yeah, in the that was a series. good Braves team. Mm-hmm. 1997, the Florida Marlins beat the Cleveland Indians three, um, four games to three um, in a walk-off in game seven at uh, then Pro Player Stadium, now Hard Rock Stadium. Um, who was the MVP? For the Marlins? Mm-hmm. Man. I believe Edgar Renneria had the game-winning he hit. He did, and Council scored. Mm-hmm. But those are the only two I can think of on that team. So, LeVon Hernandez, you remember him? Yeah, pitcher? I do. Yeah, but I wouldn't have guessed him. Yankees beat the Mets in the Subway Series in 2000 on this day to close out that uh, World Series. Uh, who won MVP that year? 2000 mm-hmm. MVP. Was that Jeter? It was Jeter. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. November. Before he was Mr. November. Yeah. The White Sox won the World Series this day in 2005. People kind of forget that. Oh, my God. Who was the MVP for them? Scotty Pesednik? Mm, Jermaine Dye. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's such a forgettable World Series. Uh-huh. 2018. I remember this one. Longest baseball World Series game by both innings and time. Pretty sure it hasn't been broken since because we've only had uh, seven World Series games since. The Dodgers beat the Red Sox 3-2 in the 18th inning. Seven innings, 20, or seven hours, 20 minutes. I honestly don't remember that. I do. Max Muncy hit a long walk I, off I, home. I, yeah. Um, I wow. remember it uh, pretty vividly. I did not stay up the for the wa- whole thing. You were the walking baseball encyclopedia of Fulton County. You got to remember stuff mm-hmm. like that for your reputation. 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 That's going to do That's it. That's all you got. For on this day. That's all you got. Well, the On This Day segment is brought to you by Proforma Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience of promotional products and commercial print. They strive for a fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print promotional company today. Give them a call at 574-210-3815. Speaking of the World Series, um, it's going on right now we could have a uh fall classic it's called could see the dodgers clinch and win their first world series since 1988 tomorrow night well my gosh if they don't get it done this time when are they gonna gonna happen uh this roster set up to win one and win quite a few 
Um, they should have already closed one out, but they had one of the most heartbreaking World Series losses I've ever seen in my entire life on Saturday night, where old Brett Phillips, who hadn't had an at-bat in 19 days, um, I, th- I think it was longer than 19 days. I think it was like middle of September. No bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, doinked one out there into a center field, and Chris Taylor botched it. And then um, Randy Rosarena falls yeah, down, rounding third. And, then, yeah. um, and Max Muncy gets it, throws it to Will Smith. Will Smith, thinking that there's going to be a play right then, doesn't catch it and goes his turn, even though he, all he had to do was catch it, and he would have had the guy out. And Randy Rosarena scores. Um, right then, I was kind of thinking, man, it might not happen for yeah, the Dodgers might be again. destiny for the Rays. But yesterday, it started out huge for him. Uh, first inning score, two runs, kind of get that in the rearview mirror. Um, and they ended up winning, so they're up three games to two. Tomorrow night we have uh, Blake Snell against, um, I think, Tony Gonsolin is starting for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, you picked the Rays in six. That's obviously not going to happen. I did? Mm-hmm. Did I really? I picked the Dodgers in six. Um, pretty sure it was the Rays. I know I picked the Dodgers in a bet with a friend. Mm. So Pretty sure you picked the Rays. You might have meant to say Dodgers, but it came out Rays unless I'm misremembering. Um, but do they force a game seven? No. This will be the J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week. I think the whole world's rooting against the Los Angeles Dodgers because they're the Los Correct. Angeles Dodgers. Um, give me the Rays in seven. I think they went back-to-back. That would be pretty cool. Games. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah. I just, I'm hoping it happens. I, I know hoping. too many Dodgers fans not to hope it happens. I don't want to see them happy ever. Um, so, uh, go Rays. No, I don't know any Rays fans. Like that, like the Rays are actually their favorite team, personally. Loyal listener, my great uncle Louie, um, he is a Rays fan. No. Yeah. Well, go Rays for Louie. Go Rays for Louie. His Seminoles are having a tough year, so. They've had a tough half decade. Except at least they did beat uh, Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina, two weeks ago. That was a good win. They got waxed by Louisville, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I thought, I thought they would beat Louisville. They yeah. were like 10-point underdogs. I'm like, they're going to cover and win this thing. <laughs> they got smacked. Wasn't even close. So, and by a Louisville team that hadn't been playing good. But uh, if you're done with MLB, you want to hop right in call Sure, football? let's do it. Well, you didn't watch too much call for a little bit. really little didn't bit. watch any. A little bit Big Ten, but um, – yeah, Big Ten, man. I thought there was a lot of good games, a lot of interesting storylines coming out of week one. Started Friday night with Illinois at Wisconsin, and Wisconsin just massacred them. With a second-string quarterback who then tests positive for COVID a few days later. Graham Mertz, redshirt freshman. We kind of talked about him last week on our Big Ten preview show. He was a Army All-American two years ago, so you knew he had a bunch of talent. But how does he get a fair in his first right. full game? Jack Cohn's out indefinitely with a broken foot. Well, he goes uh, 20 for 21 and five touchdowns. What did he start, like 18 for 18 yeah. or something like that? Um, I think it was close to a Big Ten record, if not a Big Ten he record. He was uh, something else um, the other night. Yeah, it's just it's just typical Illinois. Um, have a little bit of hope coming into the year and then just get shellacked, albeit against a really good yes, team. But they just they did um, not look well. They're just not. Brandon Peters had a bad night. Offense sounds like it had a bad night. The best two plays I saw were uh, QB runs by Peters for like 25 and 30 yards Hmm. apiece. Uh, That was in the first quarter. But uh, Illinois just struggled both sides of the ball, but particularly offense. And and Wisconsin just did whatever they wanted. It was very eerie to see a Camp Randall at night just completely empty. Did they still do a jump around even with no one there? Yeah, they did it virtually somehow. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I kind of tuned out at halftime. Um, the game was kind of already over, uh, but, uh, yeah, but like you said, Graham Mertz now tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend. 
you got to have two confirmed tests. I'm guessing they already got the results back, but nothing's been said. Of course, Paul Chris didn't say anything. The university's not going to say anything. The only way you're going to know before Saturday's game is if Graham Mertz comes out and says it himself. Yeah. But if he's not on the field Saturday yeah. in warm-ups, yeah. you know what yeah. happened. And not only would he be out for this week against Nebraska, he'd be out next week's home game against Purdue and then the following week against Michigan. That's excessive to me. Um you see every other conference yep. and um, in the NFL, MLB, all they had to do was be out 10 to 14 days. The CDC guidelines. Tops. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why they have to They are doing the that. 21 for that. I can't pronounce it. The, the heart condition. Oh, that yeah. That is why they're okay. doing the 21 days, which still, in my opinion, is excessive, but mm-hmm. that is the reason the Big Ten. And really, if they didn't agree upon that, I don't think we would see Big Ten football right now. Yeah. It was, I think they were really strict on that on the, between the presidents okay. and the – uh, chancellors and all that so so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that Graham Mertz situation but that started out the Friday games and Saturday we had started with the noon games we had Nebraska at Ohio State Nebraska came out and punched Ohio mm-hmm. State in the mouth with a three the to f- three or four player drive uh, 80 yard drive with touchdown and it was a, it was a back forth game for most of the first half then Ohio State really put on in the second half Justin Fields looked great yeah, like I tweeted, I still think Lawrence will be the number one pick come April, but Fields is going to make people at least think about it a little bit. I, I think that's your top two right there. I honestly do think that will end up happening. Two teams are going to get two good quarterbacks mm-hmm. out of those two. Um, they're head and shoulders better than anybody else, right. which Trey Lance is probably third. And He's only playing one yeah, game he played, this year, and he already though. played it. Has he already yeah, played it? Yeah, he already played a couple weeks ago. Um so he's got to put up numbers in the combine. But uh, Ohio State looked good. I think they are head and shoulders better than the rest of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They actually jumped up to number three in the polls. They jumped Notre Dame. Notre Dame fell back to fourth, even though Notre Dame put the shellacking on Pittsburgh. The I think I picked Pitt too, didn't I? I think I just. I think you did. I, did. Um, I thought Notre Dame would win a close one. I did not see them going on the road the first time this year and, and, and killing Pitt, but uh, they did that, and I think they'll do the same to Georgia Tech this week and set up a huge showdown, which will probably be game day next mm-hmm. week. Clemson, Notre Dame next week. but um, Go Tigers. So, Ohio State got through uh, Nebraska pretty cleanly. Then the other noon game was uh, Michigan State and Rutgers. I even mentioned I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers wins, but I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. Michigan State looked awful. Seven turnovers. I was going to say, Rutgers forced a ton of turnovers. Lombardi, man, make him throw deep. That's all you got to do if you want to. I mean, make him throw deep to beat you. And if you can do that, then. Great name. Bad quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they brought, Rutgers snapped a 21-game <laughs> conference losing streak in Shiano's first game back. <laughs> Not a good start for the Mel Tucker era up there in East Lansing. And now they got Michigan this week. Fun. Who looked great against I'll Minnesota. I'll here in a little bit. Um, was that the only other noon game? Was there only two noon games? Um, well, through 330 games, you had both teams in the state of Indiana hosting 330 games. You had number eight, Penn State at Indiana and Iowa at Purdue. Indiana knocks off a top ten team for the first yeah. time since eighty seven. That first was time at home since sixty seven. That was the game of the weekend, I think, in all of college football. Yeah, with uh, the ending going into overtime. Um, Penn State choked. Really, Penn State thoroughly, thoroughly dominated them. Yes, um, they outgained Indiana four eighty eight to two eleven. Yeah, um, that's... according to College Football Reference, a losing team having 475 plus yards against a winning team with 225 or fewer has happened only one other time since 2000. Indiana against Oregon in 2004 when Indiana beat them. I couldn't so have told you they played Oregon. They've uh, done it twice. Um, they this 
the Oregon one was even worse. They gave up 495 yards of total offense at 198, and somehow well, Penn State managed had, to win. Um, Sean Clifford threw two picks. Their kicker missed three field goals, including a 27-yarder. And like you mentioned, <laughs> that running back falls down at the half-yard line. They can probably run out the clock mm-hmm. and, and win the game. And instead, he goes into the end zone, which we saw Todd Gurley make the same mistake yesterday for the Falcons in their loss to the Lions, which right when he did that, the announcer said, this same thing happened yesterday in the Indiana-Penn State game. So <laughs> if I'm a college coach, pro coach, high school coach, if I want to teach clock management towards the end of the game, I play both of those highlights over and over again to my kids. But uh, Penn State still in overtime, or it still had an eight-point lead. Indiana goes down and scores pretty quickly and then gets a two-point conversion, and Penn State scores first in overtime. Indiana scores, and uh, I was watching the game with my mom. My dad was out getting some food, and I said – if Indiana's smart, they'd go for two. Yeah. You got nothing to lose. I'd go for the win. Go for the win. And Michael Penix had one of the closest calls you'll ever see in college football, but I think they made the right call because it was so close. I think you had to go with the call on the field, and the call on the field was that it was good. I've seen it ten times, and I still have no clue. It if looks he, different from different angles. Yeah, if it, he actually got in, um, I, I have no idea. It was amazing that he kept his body parallel and inbounds. They said he was a former long jumper in high school. You mm. could kind of see that, but uh, – Good way for him to finish off the game because besides that, he kind of had a poor performance, I thought, Saturday. But a uh, huge win for Indiana, and now they're ranked 17th yeah. in the AP, 19th in the coaches, but AP is the one that shows on TV. So uh, highest ranking I can ever remember. Them I don't being, remember the last time they were ranked. I think they got ranked in one of the polls last year. Last year. Like 24th yeah, for one did. week, and then they lost. Yeah. So Then Purdue hosts Iowa, like I mentioned. Um Purdue was playing without head coach Jeff Brom, which we knew that last Monday on the show. We did not know that uh, star wide receiver Rondell Moore was not going to be playing. Still don't know why he wasn't playing. Don't know if he's going to play this week. Don't really know know what's going on. From a fan standpoint, it's very frustrating. They're, they're so secretive about it. Jeff Brom was asked about today in his weekly press conference. He said the team is ready for Rondell to return when he's ready. Kind of, and they asked him to kind of say more. He goes, I apologize. That's all I can say at this moment. So it's really strange. There's some people close to Rondell saying it's not injury-related. Well, can you at least say it's not injury-related then and calm everybody a little bit? What's going on? Maybe he's having second thoughts again about coming Maybe back in. He just toying with your heart. Was, he was on the sidelines during the game Saturday with the mask on. Last year, never on the sidelines at all when he was hurt. So it was really just, it's just a strange you know, one of my friends said maybe he's trying to get his insurance stuff tied up or something. I, I have no idea. Mm. You can throw every theory out there. One person said, well, I wonder if there's some legal issue with NCA. That could be, but Bateman's Bateman playing, played. and he signed with an agent and then was able. So I don't think that's the case. But we might not never ever know, and I just hope to see him at some point this year because last year between him and Lorenzo Neal every week, it was like, are these guys going to play? And it just, it just gets annoying after a while. Mm. I get why coaching staffs are secretive, but I'm not used to it yet. Even though this is the fourth year of the staff, I'm still not used to it because the old staff's kind of just put it out there for everybody to know. So, no idea, but uh, Boilers got a gutsy win, 24-20. to 20. Uh, Aiden O'Connell got the start, which last Monday I must spoke. I thought it was going to be Jack Plummer, but I did think we'd see two quarterbacks, but Purdue stuck with one. Threw three touchdowns, all to David Bell. That guy's pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's just shabby. smooth. He and Graham Mertz were the co-offensive players of the week for the Big Ten. Uh, and it was nice to see a Purdue running back go over 100 yards. I was going to say. Yeah. 
He, um, I saw one guy compare him to uh, Brian Leonard. Uh, I remember him at Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a fullback-looking yeah. type. He's great north to south, but he when he tries to go east to west, it doesn't work out well. But he only had 24 yards a half, but he had a strong second half. He uh, kept that momentum going last year in the bucket game. He had a real good game against Indiana. Um, and that was another surprise Saturday right before the game. King Daru, Daru, the starting running back, hamstring injury in practice this week. So he was out. It's like, oh, my gosh. He sucked last so, year, didn't he? Uh, the, Purdue uh, failed to have a 1,000 yards rushing last year for the first time since 2013. So, um, but he was supposed to be their first string like he was last year. But Horvath was the only guy to get carries. Uh, I thought Milton Wright played well as a – as a sophomore, looked a lot better than he did last year. Purdue's got some targets, some weapons. And I was, honestly thought the offensive line looked really, really good compared to years past. <laughs> Defense gave up some yards, but um, it was kind of bend but don't break, and they made plays when they needed to. And came away with a win against maybe not a great Iowa team, but I think a pretty solid Iowa team, well-coached team at least. Um, it's a game you should probably win at home. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we said last week, it was a coin flip. Yeah. Um, and yours landed on heads, mine landed on tails. I thought Brian Brom did about as well as he could calling his first game and his first game he's ever coached. And, and Jeff said he left him alone 24 hours prior to the game to just do what he wanted to do. And I don't believe you, Jeff. Yeah. Don't believe so, you. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Brom and their special teams coordinator both should be back this Wednesday. They were both out with COVID last week. So we will see. They – Go to Illinois this week for Battle of the Cannon, trying to get the Cannon back from an Illinois buck kicking of 24-6 to last year. Just, a, yeah, just trouncing. Uh, the other, uh, the night games were uh, Minnesota-Michigan. Well, it was game day. It was in Minnesota. And Harbaugh's team put on the best offense performance I think I've ever seen Michigan have in his tenure. Yeah. Pretty disappointing showing for Minnesota after having such a great year last year. I uh, get a lot of your team back, and they just didn't play very well. Expectations, and mm-hmm. they just got rocked from the beginning, really. Yeah. Wasn't even close. And then the other nightcap was uh, Maryland-Northwestern. I thought Maryland would be a lot, put up a lot closer fight, and Northwestern looked pretty good. To his brother's not as good as he is. He was awful <laughs> the other night. They need to put Josh What's his name? Ta- Talia? Talia? Something like that. Sounds right. Tongue of Iloa. Yeah, he threw at least three picks. He did not look good. And uh, Peyton Ramsey. I uh, looked really good for Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, right. Looked yeah. like a good fit. Um, so. Did we even mention? I think we we did mention him as a starter because you called him Patrick. I thought Hunter um, Johnson would be the starter. So I misspoke I. on that. Uh, so Peyton Ramsey's better quarterback yes, anyway, is. which is weird because Hunter Johnson was like a top kind 10 of a recruit. flop. Yep. But uh, Northwestern, an offense that scored 18 points per game last year, put up over 40 the other night. Looked good doing so. They were even more injured than Purdue was last year. That's kind of there. Yeah, they were right Yep, right there. And that was an interesting game between those two last year. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot, a lot of interesting matchups going on this week in the Big Ten. Uh, let me pull those up right now. Starting with Minnesota at Maryland Friday night. Who you got? Minnesota. Confidence points. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have Minnesota for four. I think Maryland is that bad. I think Maryland's pretty bad. Um, on the road, though. If 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 PJ's boys don't bounce back and they start off 0-2, it could be a ugly season up in mm-hmm. Minnesota with the expectations they've had. Can't imagine they'd lose to Maryland, but who knows? Michigan State at Michigan. I got Michigan. I should have put this at seven. I'm putting this at six. I have Michigan for six as well. 
Illinois at Purdue or Purdue at Illinois. Yeah. Screw that up. Uh, still, like I said, still don't know if Rondell Moore is going to be back, but I, I think Jeff Brom's going to get his guys pumped for this one because he said over and over again today how they got their butts whooped, how they got manhandled, this and that. So I'm going to take Purdue for five. Purdue for seven. Oh, wow. Wisconsin at Nebraska. This is a hard one because if Mertz plays, I'm taking Wisconsin. I'm not even worried about it. Sure. But just that he already has one COVID test, I'm assuming that next one comes positive. I'm taking Wisconsin for one. I switched this um, after I learned about Mertz's uh, positive test. I'm also taking Wisconsin just because I think they're a better football team. Great defense. I've had a great defense for a long time. Um, Wisconsin for two. Indiana at Rutgers. Yes, yeah, interesting matchup. Both teams one and zero. I don't think anybody, a lot of people, thought they'd both be one and zero. Indiana's got to be careful here. This is one of those huge. I mean, they haven't had a win like that for their program in over twenty mm-hmm. years, over thirty years, and now you play a team that you think you could cakewalk, but they, yeah, Michigan State looked really bad. But I am taking Indiana, but I'm going to take them for four. Um, I think Indiana goes into Rutgers and rolls. But just looking at the schedule, yeah. as far as confidence points, I'm only having it for three just because I think there's so many blowout I wrote opportunities. Down, sorry, I forgot what I've used on everyone. Um, you've used six, seven, five. I did win the confidence points for week one, by the way. Um, don't care. Yeah, I'm just, just, just don't know. And one. Northwestern at Iowa. This is a hard game to pick. Mm-hmm. Coin flip again. Uh, I think Iowa's about two, two and a half point favorite. Sounds about right. Get about two points at home. I'm going to go uh, Iowa for two. Uh, I did Iowa for one. I think they bounced back at home. Uh, which really, home field advantage isn't even that big of a deal anymore. We uh, this year, anyway. No. Agreed. We've we've disagreed as far as points, points go. But, yeah. Um, Ohio State at Penn State. Penn State coming off the uh, rough loss on the road at Indiana. Ohio State coming off the shellacking um, against Nebraska. Who you got? I think the Buckeyes are just a better team. They're mm-hmm. 12 and a half point favorites, I believe, right now. This would be a wideout game. I was going to say, takes away. if this were a normal season, I could easily pick sure. Penn State here, but I'm not going to. Yep. And uh, this is a game day location, so back-to-back weeks. It's like, yeah, hello, we've missed the Big Ten. We're mm-hmm. going back-to-back locations. I'm taking Ohio State, and I think the only points I have left three. Sounds about right. I think. So. I took Ohio State for five. Um, I just think they're – too good of a uh, football team. Yeah, they're they're real good. Um, any other takeaways from college football this past weekend at all? Didn't watch a whole lot, as I said. Um, Syracuse hung in there against Clemson for a while. Yeah, after getting smoked by Liberty. Liberty, yeah. Who's now ranked? I didn't even know they were Division they One. Just, no. I think last year. Same with Division same one. with Coastal Carolina. They were ranked as well. I don't you know, know if they, they lost. Had, they had won four total games last two years. Yeah, cool. Now they're up to twentieth. Marshall's nineteenth. It's a weird season. But now that you are getting the Big Ten in, I see Pac-12 teams are now being ranked because they're going to start their season next week, I believe. Hmm. Or is it in two weeks? Maybe their sixth game When season. does the MAC start? MAC starts here, I think, this week maybe? This week or next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're starting to get a lot of football back on TV, which is fun. Um, I still wish the Big Ten would allow some fans in. I don't agree with tons, but the other conferences are doing some. But I don't see that changing. It'll be interesting to see what they do with basketball. But uh, Alabama lost one of the mo- most entertaining guys in the nation to watch. Yes, Jalen Waddle, um, uh, wide receiver. He'll be a likely. Did you top see Saban's comments? 50- yeah, I'm sure he said something stupid like he always. He said does. it's you know terrible to see a player like that go out, but he goes um 
There's a reason he shouldn't brought that ball out of the end zone. He pretty much said he should have kneeled it for touchback. And it's like, did he really just say that? It was what like halftime. Um, but they 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 rolled um, Tennessee. Yeah. Picking some other top twenty-five yep. matchups here. We have Florida or uh, sorry Marshall five and zero Marshall at zero and three Florida International, who just got beat by I want to say Florida A and M or somebody. I don't know. Terrible. Florida International's coach is um, Butch uh, Jones. Is it Butch? Not Butch Jones. Um, Butch Davis. Butch Davis. Yes. I'm going with Marshall. Marshall Large. Boston College four and two BC at uh, number one Clemson. Boss College team's pretty good, but I'm taking Clemson. Guess the spread on that one. 28. 31 and a half. Kansas State, number 20, at West Virginia. Yeah, Kansas State, since that horrible week one loss, has really rolled. Now I'm taking the Wildcats to go into West Virginia and, and go into Morgantown and get a win. They are three and a half point underdogs. Give me the favorites, West Virginia. Well, you're, you're kind of a West Virginia fan at heart. Take me home. Iowa State at the Les Miles-led Kansas. Iowa State huge. Uh, they almost pulled off the upset at Oklahoma State, who I think is the best team in the Big 12. Uh, Kansas needs to let go of their football program or dismantle it. Down it. Iowa State's 28.5-point favorites on, on the road. Uh, Georgia at Kentucky. So one guy said this was an upset pick, Kentucky over Georgia, but I can't go with that. Kentucky's too inconsistent. Uh, Georgia's number five still, even after I lost to Alabama for a reason. Give me Georgia. Georgia's 15-point favorites. I think they go in there and cover. Memphis at number nine, Cincinnati. I watched a little bit of Cincinnati the other night. A uh, really impressive win from start to finish over SMU. Yeah, give me Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati as well. Cincinnati uh, Bearcats. Coastal Carolina's 5-0. and They travel to Georgia State. What's Georgia State's record? Two and two. I picked Georgia Southern to beat Coastal, and I was wrong. I'll go with the Chanticleers this week. They're only three and a half point favorites on the road. Give me, that must be a tough little conference. Give me Coastal. I feel like the spreads are never yeah. big. Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. We're both picking Notre Dame. Large. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma State. Cowboys. Oklahoma State at home is only three and a half point favorite. They're, They're allowing close games. Quite a few fans there in the Big Twelve conference, really. They're winning um, a lot of close games. They're the Big 12's best hope right now to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're ranked sixth right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me give me Oklahoma State. Virginia Tech at Louisville. Virginia Tech had a bad loss at Wake Forest. That job's an interesting one. I think you see that's Fuente's sixth or seventh loss as a ranked team to a non-ranked team mm-hmm. in his career. But Louisville's really bad. We saw that again. Or no, they but they beat Florida State. Uh, lost 12-7 to in Notre Dame. Yes. Yeah, I'll take Louisville. What the heck? i got to take something. Virginia Tech only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Louisville beats them. Mississippi State, Mike Leach's boys hasn't been uh, too great since um, beating LSU opening week. Travel to Alabama. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama pretty easily. Bama covers their 31-and-a-half-point Well, that's a big spread, but they're pretty good. Misery at Florida. Interesting matchup here. Uh, neither team played last week, and Florida didn't play the f- week before that. Missouri beat LSU, I think, the last time we saw them in action. Missouri did play this past week did and they? beat Kentucky. So it was the week before they didn't play. I think it was the Vanderbilt. week before, yes. Vanderbilt's. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, duh, they beat Kentucky because I said Kentucky's been so inconsistent. But give me Florida. Give me Florida as well. They're 13-point uh, favorites. Navy at Southern Methodist University. Southern Meth. Odist is ranked 16. Give me SMU. Same. Arkansas at Texas A&M. Arkansas is one of the surprise stories around the nation. Uh, 
I don't. But A and M is ranked eighth. Seventh on this one. Seventh or eighth. They um, have a loss though. Yep. Every to year. Alabama. Every year. Uh, but give me A and M in this one. Same. Uh, North Carolina at Virginia, one and four. Virginia. Virginia gave your Canes all they wanted the other night. I did. I was. I was. Uh, I'm chewing sure my you're fingernails. sweating bullets. Uh, but uh, give me uh, North Carolina. Give me North Carolina. Sam Howell is one of the best That's quarterbacks. A good basketball in the, matchup uh, usually every year. Yeah. Old Tony Bennett against Raw. Western Kentucky, two and four at Brigham Young. BYU is what eleventh. Twelve. Twelve. They haven't played. Anybody six and zero, but give me BYU. Uh, BYU is twenty eight and a half point favorites. Uh, they so far, if the schedule will load for me, which it's not loading, thanks. Um, have played Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, um, Texas San Antonio, Houston at Houston. It's not a bad one. Yeah, it's not a bad one. And uh, Texas State, but give me BYU for the most part. They haven't. Uh, give me BYU as well. Is that all we got. I think that's all we got for uh, college football talk. Looking forward to another uh, fun week college football. But uh, speaking of fun week of football, we had an interesting week seven in the NFL. And I know you're all dying in anticipation knowing <coughs> who won the belt. Well, it's interesting. I'm up six points going into tonight's game. We both picked the Rams. I only picked them for one. Jamin picked them for 11. So I need the Bears to win, really. But So the belt's going in the middle. You will find out tomorrow, or actually tonight, uh, who uh, wins the belt. We will each take a picture with it. It's so beat up. It's just not. It's not even staying upright. They can't see it behind. I know. The I'm, thing not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even gonna try to replace um, that. But anyway, give me three winners, three losers. All right. Uh, well, give me one of my winners. How about the Detroit Lions? Sure. Nice comeback late. Of course, it helped that Atlanta just finds new ways to choke every week. It's Shocker. In, it's ingrained in their culture ever since they blew a 28-3 uh, Super Bowl lead against the Patriots in Super Bowl 51. But uh, I, uh, Matthew Stafford looked good yesterday. He's clutch, man. Now all of a sudden they're 3-3. Three three. Maybe they're going to pull off a good season and save their coach's job. They're also one of my winners. Um, they're playing inspired football, and they're right in the thick of things in the NFC. San Francisco 49ers, uh, we both went against them last week. We were like, ah, Hoodie doesn't. His teams don't lose two games. They went in there. They not only beat them, they demolished them. Killed them. Broke Cam Newton in half again. That guy might be just done. They might roll with Stidham. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFC. Whoa. Better than Sean Payton? I think he is right now. I think, I mean, his team's still banged up. Guys still get hurt every week, and he just finds ways to win football games. I wanted to say he's the best coach in the league, but I'm not going to go that high. But I think he is an NFC. Um, speaking of that game, the New England Patriots for the second straight week are a loser in my book. Um, Cam Newton, garbage. Uh, entire offense is garbage. The quarterbacks combined with him and Jarrett Stidham. Uh, through four interceptions, they're just—they're not a good football team. And I think we kind of hit on this last week, and maybe it was off off the air. But uh, gotta think Josh McDaniels is hurting his uh, mm-hmm. job should've, potential. Should have jumped when he had the chance. Well, he had it. Um, he had the close. Job. I know he's Backed had out. many chances. Yep, and he just hasn't done it. Um, another winner: Arizona Cardinals getting a dub last night. They're five and two. They're a team we can't make up our mind. You, you were you were all on board, and you said, "Nope, they're back." I was pretty peppy. high on them, and now they're they're rolling mm-hmm. again. Yeah, um, put the Seattle Seahawks in prime time every single week. It's always a good game because they'll be they play. great games. I got to pick one more winner. I haven't done any losers. Um, 
trying to think who all uh, played. Uh, I'll give the Cleveland Browns a win. Last second win when it looked like they were going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. OBJ out for the year with a torn ACL. That might be a blessing in disguise. It might be addition by subtraction situation. Might help Baker play a lot better. I thought Baker played pretty good yesterday, but showed, showed Joe Burrow. But Baker me, threw five touchdowns. Give me, yeah, exactly. Give me, um, give me, give me the Browns. That's my Browns mind. have played absolutely nobody. Look at their wins. Bengals twice. Redskins. Cowboys. Colts. That's it. Colts is a pretty good win. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two losses against really good teams. Ravens 38-6. to Steelers 38-7. Yeah, but looking at the Cleveland Browns schedule, they have the Raiders at home, Texans at home, Eagles at home, Jacksonville, um, both New York football teams. I mean, that team is going to make should, the playoffs. I could see them maybe losing one those. of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they have, of course, the Ravens and Steelers again. Yeah. I mean, good. I, this team will, should at least be 11-5 and yeah. by the end of the year. Uh, losers, uh, you already gave uh, Patriots. Patriots and... Um, I haven't gotten to any oh, of uh, My other winners, Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. uh, submitted yeah. themselves as a top three team in the AFC. Oh, I think they're the best team in football right now. They might be, yeah. They are first time they've been 6-0 since 1978 under Chuck Knoll. Hmm. So they're the last undefeated team standing. So you're hoping they lose. So uh, Mercury Morrison, you can pop that champagne and... Uh, I have never really cared about that. To be yeah, honest, I'm just a lot of. I know the older Dolphin fans probably do. So. Yeah. Um, three losers. I'm gonna put my Denver Broncos as a loser. I didn't expect them to win, but I expect them to be a lot more competitive, uh, especially coming off a road win at New England. That's now not looking so good, but uh, it wasn't so much the defense. I thought the defense played pretty good. They uh, forced Kinsey into 0 for 8 on third down um, attempts. But special teams was garbage. Has been garbage for years. Um, offense was garbage. Drew Locke was garbage. That was the worst game I've ever seen him play in a Broncos uniform. And I got to be honest, he's got to get it going. Mm-hmm. He's got to start because this is his year. It's 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 his year to prove it. And he's not showing any consistent football right now. Throwing off his back foot a bunch yesterday. I don't know if he's trying to make too much happen. It was frustrating. It seemed like he was not taking what the defense was giving him, which was like eight to ten yard routes, and looking for the deep ball mm-hmm. all game, and it just wasn't working. Melvin Gordon was awful. Yesterday, and Philip Lindsay was playing well, and he got hurt. Concussion. Melvin Gordon fumbled once and threw the worst lateral for a flea flicker attempt I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, yeah, I'm putting my boys in the loser column. They're also in my loser column. Uh, as we've said, they had a chance to show the NFL they were for real after that win. Well, what's um, frustrating to me England. is your rivals of the Raiders beat the Chiefs. Chargers took them to overtime, and you just get killed. Will they beat the Chiefs ever again? Yes, but it is 10 <laughs> straight now, and it won't happen at Arrowhead in December. Um, it's going to be a yeah. while. Offense, just it's painful to watch. I don't know how you it do should it every be better. week. It so. should be better, and it's not. It's not a good quarterback player. And really, I don't I don't know enough if Shermer's calling good plays or not to, to say that. But I still don't want the coach fired like most of the Bronco fans right now on Twitter. It's kind of getting annoying. Fourth straight week, the NFC East is on my list. Um, That's our Sunday night game this week. Every team is bad, but we're forced to watch at least one of the teams on primetime every single week. Cowboys had one of the most pathetic performances in the history of the NFL um, against the football team. Um, Just got killed. Eagles, the supposed best team in the division, just uh, should have gotten beat by a really bad Giants team. Um, Contract division, don't let them 
play in the playoffs, and they're going to host a freaking game. It's just like the NFC West that it's one year when, when Seattle made it at 7-9. Absolutely pathetic. Um, trying to think another loser for me. I almost want to put the Bills as a loser, but they won. So I'm not going <laughs> to, they played bad. I guess New England will be a loser oh. for me as well. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but they were just awful. I mean, I, I haven't seen a New England team look that bad in a long, long, long time. Probably pre-Belichick uh, days. Yeah. And uh, third loser. No, I'm going to go with the Raiders. They got, I mean, Tampa Bay's finding their stride. I could have put them in the winner's category, but uh, Raiders coming off, you know, two weeks ago, they looked really good against Kansas City, and then uh, just not so good at home mm-hmm. yesterday. So yeah. I didn't watch any of the game. But. Huge news we haven't even talked about. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have made a quarterback switch, uh, going to number five overall pick, uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Um, it was time to make the change. It felt bad for old Fitzy because he played his heart out as he does. And he was very open um, in his press conference uh, last Tuesday saying he was heartbroken uh, by the decision. But, again, great teammate. He's going to do whatever he can to help Tua um, transition well. Um, the team just hadn't scored enough points, and they're going to have to. And you can't take playoff appearances for granted. Dolphins are right there for that seven spot with teams like the Colts. Uh, Raiders as well, and the Browns um, are right there, obviously. Um, and I just think Tua was the right guy to go to at this time. It was the bye week. I had read that, uh, I mean, in a normal schedule, they were supposed to play Denver last week. Yes. And the plan was to play Tua a lot in the second half of that game um, and then make the change after that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think he's ready. I mean, teammates say that uh, he's been unbelievable in practice. And the team loves him as much as they love Fitz. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see. Hopefully he can uh, take the offense to the next level because the defense has played great for the majority of the year. So that was kind of the big NFL news of the week. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we even talked um, about it before we went on the air. And I forgot yeah, about it. I completely forgot about it too, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to uh, week eight picks starting Thursday night, we have the Chokers at the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta Falcons, if you didn't catch that reference. But uh, Panthers 3-4. and four. I lost uh, a close game to New Orleans. Who I don't know if Michael Thomas is ever going to play for that team ever again. <laughs> um, give me the Panthers for 8. I have the Panthers for 6, so we're kind of on the same page there. New England at Buffalo. Buffalo for years couldn't beat New England. Um, Tom Brady's no longer there, obviously. New England's looking real bad. But this is usually when Bill Belichick's teams come out and play great. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Give me Buffalo for 12. I have Buffalo for 10. I think um, this is Buffalo's division. I agree. I I think Dolphins are right I think they'll be right there. Um, But, yes, uh, give me Buffalo for 10. Tennessee at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals I am not choosing. I'm taking the (laughs) Titans for 11. But, man, I like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He is good. Yeah, Joe Burrow, once they get him in offensive line, uh, he's been hit a just unbelievable Passed over amount. 300 yards four times already, tied for second most ever by a rookie, of course, for, versus Andrew Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Goskowski had to make that chip-chop field goal yesterday to tie the Steelers late. Just um, re- remember, Titans kickers last year went 8 for yeah. 18, yeah. Um, and now this year Steven Goskowski's 10 for 15. And, um, and three of those misses were week one Yeah, Denver. So he'd been on a pretty nice roll, um, but he has to make that kick. But anyway, give me Tennessee for seven. 
Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. They're obj mm-hmm. like I said, but I think that's going to benefit Baker. I think it's going to benefit Jarvis Landry. They found a nice new target in one of their tight ends yesterday. I don't remember his name. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper had uh, um, surgery where appendix out, mm-hmm. so he's out two weeks. It wasn't Njoku. He caught, say, he caught a touchdown, but it was the other Njoku. one. It was Her- another Harrison guy. Bryant. Yes. That's his name. Um, so I think that's the night. He's got trio of nice tight ends there. Give me the Browns for six. I have the Browns for five. Um, yeah, Baker, it looked like they were going to lose all game, and then Baker found a way to win at the end. He was real bad early, but ended up throwing five touchdowns. Throw and catch at the end of the game. Um, Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. Actually, a really intriguing mm-hmm. matchup all of a sudden, four and two and three and three. Give me the Lions for five. I have the Lions for three. I don't like um, this. <laughs> Colts were on bye. Um, of course, this past week, and hopefully they can figure out some things on offense because uh, Phillip needs to play better. Um, but, yeah, give me the Lions. I like the way they've been think, playing. I uh, think Jim Ursay's phone's been raining from Jerry Jones asking about Jacoby Brissett. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm sure Chris Greer's phone's been ringing there in uh, Miami about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Too. Nobody wants to give D- Dallas anything. No. They could still win the division. Yeah. No one likes Dallas. Um Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Vikings had a bye this past week. They much needed, needed a bye. <laughs> Kirk Cousins got to start playing better, but I don't see it happening this week. Packers bounce back against the Texans. Give me the Packers for 10. Give me the Packers for 13. Um, Rodgers looked great. Devontae Adams tore up yesterday. Yeah. Um, they're just a lot better than Minnesota. The New York Jets at the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. What's the score of this game going to be? Will... The Jets be within thirty-five. No, this is almost. This feels like an Alabama versus like a Marist. This is as bad as it gets for the NFL. Yeah. Alabama versus an FCS team. I mean, it's no brainer for both of us. Chiefs were fourteen. Fourteen. Um, Chiefs. I, th- I mean, Chad Henney played What's on the Sunday. On this game? I think Chad Henney will play a quarter and a half. What's the spread? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll check. Um, give me the Chiefs fifty-one to ten. It's going to be a college-like score. It's got to be bad. Um, Let's see if they even have a line out yet. I'm going to guess 18 and a half. 19 and a half. That's the largest NFL spread I've I've ever seen. Wow. Man. Anyway, the Los Angeles Rams travel out east to the Miami Dolphins. One of the toughest predictions for me because I don't know what two is going to bring to the table. And I don't know how the Rams get played tonight. That's what I always hate about the Monday night games. Plus, short week and have to play at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's a good point. Um, but Aaron Darnold, Aaron Darnold, and this defense can get nasty at times. I think Dolphins keep it close, but I'm taking the Rams, but only for three points. Dolphins for two. Um, I would even say book it. Speaking of book it, I forgot to do uh, the read. J-Man's Book of Predictions of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. This should be the Sunday nighter. Should, but it's a 1 o'clocker. Um, at least we're getting some one good, one good 1 o'clock games lately. Mm-hmm. Two in a row involving Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, best defense in the league against a pretty good offense. I think the undefeated team goes down. I'm taking the Ravens for four. 
I have the Ravens for four as well. Uh, great minds think I really alike. thought today Josh could pick the Steelers, so I'm picking the Ravens yeah. to change it up. But at least we have disagreed on one game, which Ravens this past week we disagreed on one game. Yeah. I picked Arizona. You picked Seattle. That cost me, too. Cost I picked me. Arizona for two. But cost me dearly. Five, I think. I did. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers, no longer of Carson City. They're now of Inglewood. At the Denver Broncos. Yeah, the Chargers got a win, a first win under uh, with uh, Herbert as quarterback yesterday against the reeling Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, a little storyline for Denver fans here. Uh, old buddy Chris Harris Jr. I think makes his return. He's been hurt since week two. I think he makes his return this week against Denver. But I'm actually going to take the Broncos, even though they looked like trash yesterday, but I'm taking them for one point. On the flip side here, Chargers for one. Uh, Herbert's played great. Um, kind of a coin flip. Not a believer in Drew Locke. I know it hasn't been that long. It's been nine league, starts, but, but it it's hasn't been eight great. touchdowns, seven picks, yeah. a thousand some yards. It, it just has been very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. He, I want him to. He be, has to. I want start him to be the guy, him. but like you, he has. It has to start this week. Mm-hmm. You got L.A. and Atlanta back back weeks. Yep. You have to start. Because, have to win both of them. Because if he doesn't get done this year, they got to look elsewhere, and have it's to. a whole carousel again. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of it. Okay. I feel no sympathy. I know you don't. I, I realized who I was talking to uh, after I said that. I forgot. I'm not talking to a Colts fan <laughs> who's tired of it after like two years. New Orleans at Chicago. Bears, of course, when you see I know, play tonight, I and they keep winning somehow. Yeah, I keep thinking that New Orleans got to get their guys back. I, don't, I think Sanders New Orleans hasn't played out. that great. Know. He tested positive for COVID. Michael Thomas been out, but but I, I thought New Orleans looked – their offense I thought looked good yesterday. It looked better. Drew's, Drew looked better. Um, I am going to take the Saints for seven. I'm going to hear it from Bear fans like I already am, and I deserve it. I'm taking the Saints for nine. I just the Bears are the worst five and one team I've ever seen ever. They're not good. They're the worst. They're the worst six and one team. team I know. Or actually, next week we might be saying they're the worst seven and one team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, San Francisco at Seattle. Um, I picked this game before seeing the score last night, and I had an opportunity to change it. Uh, But I'm taking Seattle, and I have eight points on it. Taking the Niners for two. Ooh, two weeks like in a row, it. I'm taking uh, the opponent of Seattle for two. But I'm a big uh, – I know everybody knows I'm a big Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. fan. I gave him praise earlier. and um, I like – I just like what he does with this team every week. Great, great Sunday night matchup. Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> God bless me. <laughs> uh, give me the Eagles for nine. Uh, give me the Eagles for 11. Um as I said, both teams are garbage. Uh, I'm as a uh, big old middle finger to the NFL. Josh is not going to watch a second of that game. <laughs> oh, you know what makes me mad about the Cowboys? Eddie Dalton gets knocked out on a dirty hit yesterday. Cowboys don't even go up and get in Bostick's face or anything. That was Dak Prescott. Fists are flying. Mm-hmm. Get up and protect your quarterback. That, that was a cheap shot. Very cheap shot. I mean. Do you remember the... That just makes me mad. Do you remember the Kiko Alonso on yep. Joe Flacco? That was very similar. Just stand up for your teammate, your your locker room brother. And just, the just locker room's whining. Me off. They're too busy whining about the coaching staff than they are to care about. Well, coach probably could be gone after this. Has year. to be. Maybe not even... They might be in, few more weeks be in line this. for Lawrence or Fields, even though they'd have to say bye-bye to Dak, but hmm. maybe Dak ends up like an Indy next year or something. That'd be interesting. That'd be real mm-hmm. interesting. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Football Giants. What another Giants. trash primetime game. Give me the Buccaneers for 13. The Monday Nighters haven't been great lately. Tonight's pretty good. Uh, give me the Bucs for 12. Um, Giants should have won that game. 
in Philadelphia, but they didn't. At least they scored on the drive that Daniel got tripped by the invisible wire. <laughs> he was hauling. He's That's fast. The sixth fastest um, speed they've recorded in the last yeah, couple of years. The highest quarterback speed. Yeah. Um, easily. Yeah, he, he can he move, was man. Flying. Yeah, he can move. Why don't they do well, you don't want him to get hurt. I was going why don't they do more no uh, read option? Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> pass uh, pass options, yeah. Pass run options. Who has the buys this week? I didn't write them down. Well, um I was thinking in my head who what team did we not well I'll just do this, this is a lot easier. Um, buys are Arizona, Houston, Jacksonville, and Washington. Three of the worst teams in the NFL, right there, not Even playing. Washington's right in the mix for the division no, title. Their defense was nasty yesterday, sacking the Cowboys. But like I said, the Cowboys are just garbage right now. Remember when people were talking about Jacksonville as a well? They don't need Lawrence. They got Minshew. I, I, I kind of came out in the middle. On the train. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, came out yesterday that uh, Minshew was in danger of getting benched if he played one more Who's bad backup? game. It's embarrassing. I should know that. But uh, one more rant real quick before I go to the birdie bogey. Can we stop talking about the Cowboys every year? This yes. is 25 years in a row. Oh. They haven't done anything. We hype them up every year. The media hypes them up every year to be something they're not. They're so-called America's team. They literally haven't done anything for 25 years. I am sick of it. Yeah. And they still talk um, about it. That's all they're talking about today is Cowboys on yeah, national television. Yeah, it's pathetic. Um they keep doing it because people most still team in sport. People still watch it. That's why they just do it for ratings. Yeah, they just talk about them because people still. Uh, the it's Knicks. Pathetic. I've heard enough about them. Both of them. The Jaguars' backup is 2026 round pick Jake Luton out of Oregon State. Luton, Lute, Luton. wow, Luton. Risky. Ready for the birdie bogey? Let's hear it. I have two names in mind. Yesterday was National Tight Ends Day. What tight end? has the most career touchdowns in NFL history. Man, two players in mind. I'm going to choose the wrong one. You know the two players I have in mind, too. The smile. Oh, man. Are, are you trying to throw me off? Is that what you're trying to do? I don't know, man. Oh. They're both great players. I know. Tony Gonzalez. Antonio Gates. Got to take your first answer. Crap. It's a bogey. Uh, Gates had 116, Tony Gonzalez 112. I knew that, too. That's the thing, and I talked myself out of it. <laughs> Crap. Hey, I will give you, at least you had the right two. Mm-hmm. At least you didn't say, like, Kellen Winslow Sr. or <laughs> Jeremy Shockey or who would I Mike, Mike Ditka. Or uh, I would have thrown out, like, uh, Marcus Pollard. Or <laughs> Ken Dilger. Uh, Randy McMichael. All right, we're going to stop before we just start throwing out every uh, every tight end we can think of. But uh, that's going to do it for episode 206 of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thanks for listening wherever you're listening to this, uh, this podcast at. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. Rating really helps us move up on the charts among the other sports podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. And uh, if you're watching, thanks for watching the ISC Sports Network. Download the IFC Sports Network app if you haven't already. It's free. You can you can even pay a monthly subscription. Watch all of our, our archive shows from the past two years that we've been on the network. And uh, we'll be back next Monday for episode 207. Same time, same, same channel. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. Have a great week, everybody.